Welcome to another Jobs People Do podcast episode. In today's episode, we will hear from Shanawas Chowdhury, an environmental activist and engineer with a very interesting and powerful story. As Shanawas is based in Bangladesh and his native language is Bangla, we will hear from Mr. Chowdhury's interpreter throughout the podcast. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Hi everyone, my name is Avrit. I'm a student at the University of Toronto and a writer and interviewer at Jobs People Do, where I get the opportunity to speak with amazing people like Mr. Shanawas Chowdhury, who is here with us today. Mr. Chowdhury is a Bangladeshi engineer and an environmental activist. He is very passionate about written word and has used his writing to speak about issues that people in his region of Bangshali face. They are in an area that's particularly vulnerable to the negative impacts of climate change. So when a coal-fired power plant was set to be developed in Mr. Chowdhury's village, he was concerned about the environmental destruction it would bring. Mr. Chowdhury posted about his concerns publicly on Facebook, was arrested days later, and detained for 80 days under inhumane conditions and without trial. He was granted bail in August last year, but if he is convicted, he will face many years in prison. Mr. Chowdhury, thank you so much for being here with us today and for giving us the opportunity to learn more about you and your story. Uh, thank you. Thank you, everyone. Uh, everyone who has joined in this meeting and uh, joined for the cause. And I'm really thankful to all of you. And uh, welcome, everyone. Okay, awesome. So my first question I would like to ask is, what is your typical day like as an engineer, also as an environmental activist? Yes, uh, my days are going good, uh, but it's quite exceptional uh, from before because right now there is a lawsuit against me and uh, I'm uh, in tension and uh, a little bit scared because uh, the lawsuit is still uh, on and what might happen, uh, uh, I'm not sure. But other than that, um, uh, the other things are going well. Thank you so much for sharing. And yes, I can't even begin to imagine being in your position. I think it was incredibly brave and inspiring that you spoke out about what you care about, um, despite the Digital Security Act in Bangladesh, which represses uh, many citizens' voices. So my next question leads into that. What inspired you to speak out on Facebook against the power plant in Bangshali? And what are the reasons that you have taken on this activist role? If I were to say uh, why I became a climate activist, uh, I would have to go back to the 29th April 1991 when I was uh, just a second grader. And uh, during that time, I experienced something very horrific. Uh, like I remember the horror, horrific uh, event of a cyclone and a tsunami which hit. Uh, our village uh, in 29th April 91 uh, uh, and over there I witnessed the death of 150,000 people including women, children and old people in a single day and a single night. Uh, 10, people, uh, 10 million people uh, became homeless due to the cyclone all over the country. And on that day, uh, the wind speed of that cyclone was 180 to 200 kilometers per hour. And the, the height of the tide 
uh, that came uh, bashing our uh, entire embankments or uh, our, our village was eighteen feet above the normal tidewater. Our house was uh, in that uh, place, the place that we used to live or in the house we used to live. Uh, in that area, around 10 kilometers uh, around our house, there was no semi-concrete houses. All were like uh, some unstable uh, mud houses uh, in that area. So uh, in that uh, area, our house was only semi-concrete. And when the water started rising, uh, we all started climbing into the house's roof. Around midnight, the wall of the house actually collapsed after being hit by a big fishing boat that came uh, with the flood water. Uh, we had to climb up the trees around the house and luckily we saved our lives. When the water receded in the morning, we actually saw the will and woe of the people uh, who survived. The corpses of uh, different uh, people and animals uh, were lying around. I have lost many relatives my neighbors and playmates, even though we had played sports together in the field the very previous afternoon. Uh, on May 19, 1997, we faced another big cyclone and tidal wave. Uh, and in the year of 2007 and 2009, we have faced uh, two big uh, tsunamis and cyclones, which actually uh, destroyed our agricultural fields, our houses, and killed many people in our village. In this way, till today, in the last 30 years, I have faced 10 more small and big cyclones and floods. In the year of 2020, 2021, and 2022, uh, in the previous three year I have faced uh, one cyclone and a flood yearly. Uh, I have uh, written against the harmful actions of climate change and created organization uh, to raise public awareness uh, and also did some campaigns, protests, and act against uh, climate change. When I was in uh, my college, I created this organization and started activism uh, since then. And since I have experienced these things, uh, the harmful effect of climate change, and we were the direct victims of this climate change impact. So since then, uh, it was my uh, dream to become a climate change activist and I have been working doing campaigns to raise awareness uh, against this uh, climate change uh, activism. So this is uh, my story. Thank you so very much for sharing that. That is very heartfelt and I can begin to understand now why climate change is an issue in particular you care so much about since it's had huge impacts on your own life, as well as the lives of people who live in your country and your village. Um, so speaking of your village of Bangshali, would you be able to tell us about the challenges it is currently facing, uh, especially given the fact that there is a disproportionate impact of the climate crisis in places in Asia and Africa compared to the Western world? So how is your village being affected today? Okay. As a result of the climate change in the world, uh, we have seen that we are suffering from uh, frequent damage from cyclone flood and the world leaders who came to different environmental uh, organizations or who are working for this climate change. Uh, uh, have uh, also uh, like told that 
one of the most responsible reasons for climate change is the coal-based power plants that are generating electricity through uh, processing coal. And uh, when I heard that such a power plant is going to be constructed in our village, uh, I started uh, uh, my activism uh, more strongly. Because, as you know, that uh, coal-based power plants are responsible for the release of various harmful particles, including carbon dioxide, nitrogen oxide, sulfur dioxide, and also different toxic heavy metal mercury, uh, oxides of nitrogen and sulfur, as you know, that it goes into the atmosphere to form uh, sulfuric acid and nitric acid, which fall to the surface of the earth as rain, and we call that acid rain. This acid rain can have adverse effect on living organisms and agriculture. Not only uh, is the coal burning harmful to the environment, it can devastate the environment during the transportation of the coal, as well as the impact of this environment is not only in our village, but it's worldwide. The For uh, for these coal-based power plants, uh, the climate change uh, or the impact of global warming falls uh, into the entire world. Uh, so as a general rule, uh, to run the proposed 1,320 megawatt coal-based coal-fired power plant in my village, there should be 1,056 tons of coal per hour which would be uh, consumed or burned and which is 7.92 million uh, tons per year so the consumption would be 7.92 million uh, million tons of coal that will be burned every year uh, and 1056 tons of coal would be burned per hour for the generation of electricity in the coal based power plant that uh, that is uh, constructed in our village it will not only harm my country but also people and animals around the world, around the globe will suffer. So it's not a matter of only Asia or some African countries uh, who will suffer. The entire world, including Europe, America, or the other continents will uh, also suffer for the, uh, in the long run for this coal-based power plant. Thank you very much for your insight on that question. And I think you highlight something very important that climate, the climate crisis is a global issue. So something that is happening in Bangladesh has repercussions worldwide. And I think that's very important for our audience to hear. Um, my next question, I'm very curious to know how Amnesty International became involved in your case. Um, and how is the organization currently working to help you from countries all over the world, even as distant as Canada? Uh, before going to the uh, issue of how Canada can, uh, uh, distant country like Canada can help me, I will be clearing that Amnesty International work, uh, started working on my case. I want to say that, uh, firstly, when I was in the prison, so uh, when uh, uh, police took me to the jail uh, and filed the case against me in a Digital Security Act, the, all the top-level medias uh, in our 
country. Uh, they started writing for me and they started covering the news for me. And uh, after uh, uh, I, uh, when I was in prison, I actually did not know that uh, different top media were writing for me or uh, other uh, human rights organizations were working for my release. Then uh, after one week, uh, my wife wrote a letter to me and in that letter, she mentioned that uh, different uh, medias are covering me as well as Amnesty International. They're, they have started working for, for me and they have demanded my release through different uh, activist, activism and different uh, posts or uh, print media or digital media. So uh, various organizations and prominent citizens of, uh, of my country have made statements for my release as well as Amnesty International who have been working relentlessly uh, for the uh, withdrawal of the case and uh, for my release. And this is how uh, Amnesty uh, uh, International started working for me. And now I will be talking about uh, how Canada can actually help me. So as you know, that there are many uh, uh, migrants uh, from Bangladesh who are living in Canada. And a big population in Canada uh, is also uh, from Bangladesh. And there are many people uh, uh, working there and uh, Canada is uh, contributing to our economy uh, in, a in, in, in a large scale by uh, uh, like by uh, since we are exporting the ready-made garments uh, to Canada and they are one of the biggest buyers uh, from us. So our economy uh, also are uh, highly dependent on on Canadian, uh, like Canadian buyers and our Canadian clients. So I believe that uh, since there is a big uh, population of migrant peoples from Bangladesh or big immigrant population in Canada, and also since Canada imports a lot of uh, RMG or the ready-made garments from our country, so we uh, Canada has a lot of influence in our country. So I believe that the students different uh, environmental activists, human rights activists, and uh, other uh, citizens if they raise awareness uh, about my case. Uh, and, uh, the, uh, and the Bangladeshi ambassador living in the Canada can uh, know the message uh, of me or know the message of how I have been detained or uh, I'm fighting against the lawsuit. So if they raise awareness like that, and also the Canadian ambassador living in Bangladesh, if Amnesty International as well as the Canadian uh, ambassador, if they uh, talk with our uh, uh, government and request our government to withdraw the case, I believe that it will be a great help for me. So, and they will be eventually uh, withdraw, uh, withdrawing the case against me. Thank you very much for that answer, Shanawaz. I think that's a very good point. There is a huge Bangladeshi population here and even larger South Asian population. Um, and I think that those are all great ideas that you pointed to. Um, I'd like to pivot a bit and ask about the Digital Security Act and how you feel it's being used to silence citizens' voices in Bangladesh. And do you think this is a growing problem in your country or nationally? 
হ্যাঁ ডিজিটাল মনার্কি to silence people uh, forcefully and to exploit people uh, these kinds of acts actually work but in a democracy so big uh, society is quite hilarious and shameful so and it also directly uh, like contradicts the uh, uh, notion of our constitution and also it's a, in a direct conflict with the united nations treaty uh, and all the other charters that uh, bangladesh have uh, with united nations so it is united uh, united nation who can actually pressurize them uh, pressurize the bangladeshi government and pressurize our country as well as different uh, people from different organization human rights activists and environmental activists not only them uh, different foreign diplomats who are working and who have some leverage on uh, uh, on the bargaining chip of bangladesh uh, uh, with the Bangladeshi government, who has the bargaining chip, the leverage of the bargaining chip here, uh, can also, like, consciously talking about this Digital Security Act and not to curtail the right of the freedom of expression and the freedom of uh, speech of the people, uh, so that uh, uh, the people, uh, the, the general people will, can, uh, like, the right of the general people uh, to speak their mind will be curtailed. So it's the uh, responsibility of not only our countrymen, but also different uh, powerful uh, organization, Human Rights Watch, uh, or diploma uh, diplomatic people who are involved with or somehow engage uh, in a relationship with Bangladesh should start working and different uh, news media, digital media, Uh, uh, around the world uh, should raise awareness against this Digital Security Act. Um, definitely. Thank you for answering that and providing that insight. I 110% agree. Uh, freedom of expression and freedom of speech and freedom of protest are essential to any democracy and they're also essential human rights, which is which explains why Amnesty has taken on your case because they're the world's largest human rights organization. So before I just give you a chance to end off with any message you would like to share, I would like to tell our tell our audience to take some action on uh, Shanoaz's case. You can sign the petition at amnesty.org where your name will be added to a long list of names that are fighting for his charges to be dropped. What's even more impactful is if you write a letter. Currently, uh, the Right for Right campaign is going on. It's the largest human rights action worldwide in which 10 critical human rights cases are chosen every year by Amnesty International 
and millions of people write letters to authorities and world leaders demanding that these injustices be fixed. So you can write a letter or an email to Bangladeshi authorities and tell them to immediately and unconditionally drop the charges against Mr. Chowdhury, which definitely needs to happen. Um, and with that said, is there anything you would like to share with our young Canadian audience, uh, just a personal message, information about your work, or any any thought that you would like to leave with them? I believe that uh, thanks everyone who listened to me uh, with patience uh, uh, the, uh, what I have told and my story as well. So I believe uh, that the Canadian youth uh, can change the uh, entire world because they have the power and they have the resources uh, to uh, make an impact in the, uh, for the future generation. Uh, they should work for the green environment, for ensuring a green environment uh, in the future, as well as uh, demo uh, establishing democracy in the entire world. Because uh, you know that uh, the Canada and United States of America, these two are very influential country, and the, they can uh, uh, leave a long-lasting impact in the entire world. So, uh, and also it will be beneficial uh, for the future generation of the entire world to live in a, a happy green environment and a place where they can exercise their uh, rights, the freedom of speech, and express and also they can exercise proper democracy without any human rights violation. So uh, I believe that the Canadian youth, the Canadian students have power to change the entire world. Uh, they can raise their voice against a human rights violation. They can start uh, a green revolution and also they can uh, make uh, a big contribution for changing the world for good in the future. Thank you very much for those very encouraging and inspiring words. You make some amazing points here in Canada. Compared to a lot of places, youth really do have many resources and they do have human rights that are protected by our democracy that should definitely be used to further uh, just a better world for everyone. So thank you so much again for being here. And just a final reminder to our audience, make sure to check out Mr. Chowdhury's case on amnesty.org where you can take action to ensure that his charges are dropped. Thank you for listening to this Jobs People Do podcast. Please be sure to engage with Shanawaz's case and sign the petition on amnesty.org.